Today is August 22nd, 2001. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki Nagango Mekoche Chestokomaki. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed US Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Ganai, and Bogani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley Chinookee Bears Paw Nations of the Stony Nation, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Monkinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. My father is so Canadian. I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act imposed status card. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Clinchotine Indahe and Satu Dene, meaning Many Horse Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I share what I know as I walk down my red road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Uh, send in your comments or your questions. Also, give a review. That helps a lot, uh, whichever medium you're listening from. I also have a YouTube channel that you can go subscribe, and you can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. So today I'm alone. So it's just me ranting all by myself. And it's actually been a super long time since I've had that opportunity, um, thankfully, because I've had amazing guests that want to be on my show. So um, I, start, I thought I would start by acknowledging how um, the numbers in Alberta are going up substantially. Uh, it's interesting for those who don't know, we had the Calgary Stampede this year, and we've had incredible amounts of politics around that. And since then, and as a result, um, our numbers are going up substantially. And now here we are, where our children are going back to school. Uh, so today is Sunday, so tomorrow is Monday. And in a lot of Calgary schools, they actually go back now. Um, you know, it, it's that's the way it is. So kids under 12 still have no vaccine in Canada. And we are sending kids to school while their numbers are starting to go higher and the ICU beds are going up higher and the nurses are being called back 
by the Alberta government to come back from vacations and all vacations for nurses and such are canceled, which is really ironic because our premier is missing. Uh, right now at this exact moment, uh, the 44th election, Canadian election has been called. And uh, interestingly enough, Jason Kenney and a lot of the conservative premiers are nowhere to be found, which is not a surprise to someone like me who knows that these folks just can't help themselves but make mistakes in a really critical time. And uh, Jason Kenney was a federal uh, member of parliament at one point in time under Harper's cabinet. So uh, anything that he says really is reflective of the Conservative Party nationally as well as his uh, bumbling, you know, issues here in Alberta under the UCP. So it's been very interesting to see uh, all of this unfolding and evolving. Uh, you all know I'm a liberal and so I've been very busy trying to get signatures. So a lot of you are wondering, how do I help in this moment? And I can tell you um, throughout the entire year, when, whether there's an election or not, I wish everybody would join the writing associations. So I don't care what color you are. I wish you were red, but if you're whatever the other colors, just join your writing associations because that is where your parties make their policy. That is where they need your volunteer time unless you're conservative, like obviously conservatives don't listen to the show. So, um, you know, by, by being a part of these parties, we all know that we can count on you to do things like, you know, sign, um, the, there's a, a sheet of paper that we have to give to Elections Canada to even get a name on a ballot, and it has to have a certain amount of signatures on it. So if you're in an urban setting, it has to have a, a hundred, uh, the, some of the writings, it's 75, and for some select ones, it's even 50, uh, because there's so limited people to choose from. So I've been going around trying to collect signatures to get Liberals on the ballot, and a lot of you have stepped up, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I had a wonderful time in uh, Medicine Hat. A few of you got, I got to meet some of my Twitter folks for the first time, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, I made a stop in Claire's home, met a new friend, and I'm going to be, I'm in Lethbridge right now. I'm going to be heading to Calgary for a day and then be coming back. So I'll be doing more of the selection or uh, signature collection. And um, hopefully we'll have our, all of our candidates on the ballot in time for the election. And I mean, honestly, for a lot of you, this is the only way you can protest is by how you vote. I know for me, um, I've been talking a lot about spoiling my ballot of uh, when it comes to this, these stupid Senate conversations because <sighs> a waste of time it is. Um, There's a wonderful op-ed written by a, an Indigenous person and, and it talked about um, the Senate being completely filled with Indigenous people. Do you imagine if Canada changed and every single thing that went into the Canadian Parliament uh, had to go through the eyes of an Indigenous Senate. That would be freaking amazing. So I've been thinking a lot about that. I see a few conversations happening online about, you know, a Indigenous party and uh, nobody's asking my thoughts, but I'll tell you anyway, my thoughts are um, they've tried this. It doesn't work. Uh, trying to get Indigenous people to get involved in this way is very difficult. And especially when you have uh, some of our stronger leaders that are, you know, regularly trying to talk about how we shouldn't be involved in any of our colonial politics anyway. And I just absolutely disagree with that. You know, there's uh, 
it's a it's a protest you can vote just to protest so if you're in the middle of i don't know nowheresville and there's not even a candidate that you like on the ballot this is why you should run it is why i ran it is why i when i'm in an opportunity that i can run in the future i would because our people need that platform and we have frameworks that are so easy to implement for folks that are listening, paying attention and willing to do that work. So, you know, my hope is, is that we will get some folks in, in the fray and doing what we need to do. Uh, today is the anniversary of Jack Layton who passed away 10 years ago. And um, interesting, there was a conversation happening about renaming a riding. And uh, I just wanted to share a quick story uh, with everybody about Manmi Bular, the late Manmi Bular. When uh, he passed away, I was uh, with the Alberta Liberal Party then as well, and uh, all of the um, different ministries kind of have outreach, and uh, I encourage everybody to go out there and be a part of those boards and, and be a part of that outreach. Uh, here in Lethbridge, they're just doing the uh, boards again for the municipal level. So for example, if you wanted to be a director at the Galt Museum, now is when they're looking for that. And I so badly wanna do that because what I had seen and what how I was treated and how I, and how I felt uh, at the, when I went to pay, when I went through the museum, it made me feel really awful. And my only highlight was seeing Paul C. Sequesis's, uh work of photography. And interestingly enough, it was based off of the Métis of St. Paul, which we just did uh, book club to, and I had a guest on. I hope you all listen to that. Anyway, anyway, I'm getting a little off here, but my point is to encourage folks to have a look at your municipal politics and see if there are boards that uh, would be good for you to sit on because then you get to see a little more about how the city or municipality operates and uh, you can be a voice for our people at these at these boards so anyway um there was an outreach uh being done through one of the ministries and uh i went to actually ask that our riding of um, at that time it was greenway calgary greenway if it would be renamed to bular in order to honor and recognize Manny Bular because um, the reason why, even though he was a conservative, I still liked him because of a story that happened. I don't know if you have ever, ever listened or heard me share about uh, midwifery being funded in Alberta, but I had an awful experience at the Peter Lougheed and I tried to work with at the time, his name was Hung Pham and he was our uh, MLA and he's currently wanted by the Canadian police and he's out of town. So anyway, Manmeet Bular inherited that hot mess and he came to my door and like I ripped a strip off of this man and he was a huge man came in my house and I told him how awful our um, accountability is for doctors, nurses and the Peter Lougheed and how traumatized I am from it. And I said, because when you talk to conservatives, they only care about money. So I talked about the economic benefits of funding midwifery. And he was all on board because his one of his aunties was a midwife. And uh, he worked behind the scenes. At that time, he didn't have a portfolio. And, um, and he got midwifery funded. And it was announced on the day of the midwife, the beginning of May. And that's in our hands for it. So I, um, I've always had a lot of respect for Manmeet. Uh, the day he died, he was 
you know, at, at that time I was, uh, I had a nonprofit gig and I was talking about violence against women, violence against Indigenous women. And uh, he was working with a wonderful group called uh, the Men's Action, um, Alberta Men's, Alberta Network, something like that, where they talk about violence against women and men's role and uh, supports for men as well. So he had spoke at that event and then he had um, died on the number two, the QE2 now. And uh, anyway, when he when he passed, obviously it broke my heart. I went to his funeral. I was honored to go. And uh, he was one of the last conservatives that I liked. And uh, so it was an easy thing for me to try to advocate for Greenway to be renamed Bular. And uh, Rick McIver was there doing the same thing. Interestingly enough, our MLA at the time uh, was an NDP -er. uh, Her name was Robin Luff, wonderful person. She went and got me the hand cert for Mamie Bular. Um, what the day um, session continued after he had died was a special session just for him. And uh, interesting, I just uh, came across it when I was moving and I can't wait to reread re it again. So. And, and it was actually her who said that she wasn't for renaming writings because, um, oh, for a million reasons. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons not to rename a writing. And this all is relevant because today on the 10th anniversary of Jack Layton passing, uh, there was a press conference by the NDP, by Jagmeet Singh, and they talked about renaming his writing in, I think I wanna say Toronto Danworth into, uh, Toronto uh, Layton and uh, it was really interesting because so I'm sure you are all aware there's something called racism <laughs> I'm actually wearing a t-shirt that says uh, racism is terrorism and uh, you know you, you all watch the liberals go through and uh, you know our most racist liberals showed their ugly faces uh, with Jody Wilson Raybould when she spoke out about the uh, SNC-Lavalin issue. And then we got to see all the racism in the NDP party when it came to Jagmeet Singh, because God forbid a beautiful brown man be the leader of the party. And then of course we're seeing with the Green Party, their leader, she's black, and she's Israel or uh, pro-Israeli, so she's been advocating for Israel, and that has sent a huge rift in that party as well. Imagine a black woman having the audacity. So I felt, you know, I, I really, I am kind of glad to see every party showing their racist colors, um, you know, and and their members. And you're all easy to block, so I have no problem blocking you. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, I can't believe Michelle Robinson blocked me, but it's like, yeah, but if you're showing your anti-Indigenous bias, I don't want to elevate you in any single capacity at all, because you are problematic. You're problematic to our people. And, um, you know, people have to start addressing their own internalized racism, misogyny, all of these things. So, um, anyway, um, because Jack Layton, Jack Layton's anniversary is today, and I'm seeing all the ugliness on Twitter, especially by the own, their own NDPers. Um, I just wanted to kind of weigh in on that because uh, Robin Luff White uh, really tried to be a good ally. Uh, she was against it at the time, and that had nothing to do with race or color, obviously. Um, at that time, it didn't anyway, and I, I'm assuming it didn't. I guess I never really thought about her being 
upset with Manmeet Bular having it done. Uh, here in Alberta, we have so many different ridings named after uh, different people. We have a Klein, a Calgary Klein. Um, for those who don't know, Grant Notley is Rachel Notley's father. And he actually passed away uh, much like Jim Prentice in an in a air accident. And uh, so he has one named after him. So there's a, a riding named Notley, and it's not after Rachel Notley. It's after her father, Grant Notley. And um, yeah, so that conversation is happening. And, and I read like many of the comments and not saying what a single one talked about reconciliation. So uh, I really wanted to bring that viewpoint. I mean, we're talking about, you know, taking down statues, renaming schools, all of these problematic people that have been, um, you know, a part of our world. And we're, we're really reevaluating, should we be naming anything after a person anyway? Um, now, Jack Layton, I don't remember there being a racist bone in his body or nothing. I remember having nothing but good feelings about him. Um, I never met him. I had lots of friends who did and would have a beer with him and he seemed very genuine. I really loved the things that he had said. So I have a lot of respect for him. And, uh, you know, it's just gonna be interesting watching this, but I, I really hope that people start advocating for a little more of a, you know, reconciliation lens when it comes to these conversations, because I think that it's wrong for us to be talking about renaming anything John A. McDonald, <laughs> bringing that down. And then being like, oh, but we're still going to name writings after people. And it's also interesting because in Edmonton, if you look at their municipal elections, they actually changed all the units. Um, so in Calgary, we're called wards and they were called wards in Edmonton, but they changed the ward names to be reflective of Indigenous names. And uh, that's been a hot mess watching all of the uh, candidates attempt to say it. One wouldn't even say the name and just put the old uh, ward number on there. So hi, my anti-Indigenous bias is showing 101. And so I, I just encourage people to, you know, consider that when having these conversations with people, um, there may very well be a good idea to rename a writing to Leighton, but um, is that is it appropriate? at this time. And I do think that he would be pretty offended by the amount of people that don't like Jugmeet Singh. Basically, they're racist and they're showing. So um, whenever you talk about these issues, like they have a really strong reason because to a lot of us, you just look racist. So I wanted to bring all of that up. I hope I kind of covered it. Send me some, uh, some, send me your thoughts. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on writing some, or these, um, you know, electoral writings, the municipal wards, all of these places, and, and what your thoughts are about renaming them after people. Um, by the way, um, we never uh, were successful at getting Calgary Greenway renamed to uh, Bular. Uh, even Rick McIver was there. At, now he's the transportation minister, I think. Oh, no, I think he's changed. Doesn't matter. I don't really care. Uh, just that bigger picture at that time. He was there. I was there. We were advocating for that name change. It did not come to be. And um, he does have, a, I think, a park and a school named after him in the Northeast. And, you know, I think that's important because he was a really, he was the youngest MLA ever elected. He was a uh, sick man and like uh, representation matters um and his his hashtag was nice to man meet you so sometimes you might see me um posting that and you know that's that's a long story why and um 
obviously talking about renaming a riding to Leighton has brought up all those feelings. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there and uh, see what your thoughts are about renaming things and go from there. Um, so a few other things have happened that I, I wanted to talk about. Um, interestingly enough, the Calgary Catholic Schools Board has decided that they are going to do an orange shirt day um, fundraiser and $1 gets to go to Indian Residential School Survivors. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if you all missed it because sure didn't see a lot of support, but Staples has very much a similar thing happening. And it's uh, very lowbrow. If you're not teaming up with orangeshirtday.org, then I know you're irrelevant. Um, I believe it's London Drugs has teamed up with them. So the orange shirts that you would see there are more appropriately going to um, through that organization. But I, I have so much like this. Uh, for those who don't know what pink washing is, it's when people are like, oh, we're so LGBTQ2 plus friendly, we want to get in on this, we will market it, it's called pink washing. Um, and especially when it comes from corporations who, you know, typically don't um, treat their LGBTQ2 plus employees well, or worse, have zero representation, and then just pay the whatever entry fee to join a pride parade and do it. So we see all of the major corporations doing that, and especially in Calgary and it, it's just a form of pinkwashing and that's how I'm feeling about um, what I'm seeing with Staples and now the Calgary Board of Education uh, it's just orange washing is what it is and it, it's disgusting it makes me angry it makes me angry especially because the Calgary Catholic Board is still Catholics and it, a lot of people who are not in Alberta may be very shocked to know all of our public money has a choice to go between the public school system and the Catholic public school system. And most provinces do not have a Catholic public system. But of course we do here, for those who haven't read The Importance of Monogamy, it very clear, clearly lays out how British law and British binary um, uh, was all set up. It was all set up for the white male to be able to own property and, you know, and based off of your religion. So that's why Métis were seen as squatters or, or uh, you know, not people worthwhile settling areas. Um, you know, it, it's really important that people understand the history of Alberta. And of course, the legacy is that we still have Christian funded uh, schools all across the province as a result. And that's just normalized here. I know it's shocking to people outside of Alberta and to people inside Alberta, they're like, this is normalized. And that's the problem. So, of course, you know, it's more insulting because the Vatican has not apologized to Indian residential schools as the call to action has asked. Also, uh, the Catholic uh, entity has not paid and compensated the Indian residential school survivors but they have zero problem under their school board making money off of indigenous people and our trauma that they refuse to acknowledge the genocide for. So of course you're seeing a huge outcry, but I would also hope that people consider looking at stables and telling them that's inappropriate. And every corporation that's out there, uh, TRC call to action 92 is business and reconciliation. And if you're a business, 
you need to work with the Indigenous community and it has to go to the orangeshirtbay.org organization. It has to. If it's not, then you're not helping. In fact, you're orange washing this conversation. You are not being a part of that bigger conversation. What is the truth about your business? What is your business doing to have proper Indigenous curriculum, wording, everything? Do you do land acknowledgements? Like so many conversations that have to come from that. If you're a business who has the audacity to be using an orange shirt and not having Indigenous staff and not working on your part of reconciliation as this, this conversation unfolds, um, and especially with the uh, Calgary Catholic School Board, like seriously, your curriculum? Are you kidding me? I, how many people do we still have coming home saying, oh, what were the good parts of residential school? Nothing. If you have the audacity as a teacher to ask that question or even be thinking it, you need anti-racism training immediately and you need indigenous education. And you know, don't pretend like there aren't solutions out there. There are newspapers, there are podcasts, there are books, there are commentators, there are curriculums out there. It's not hard. So I'm so tired of people pretending like this is such a hard thing to do. It's an easy thing to do. Get going with it. Um, so that was a big thing I wanted to talk about. And I hope that you consider writing to your school trustees and telling them it's inappropriate. Uh, we have municipal and federal um, politics going on. Like be relentless on truth and reconciliation. You cannot skip to reconciliation without truth. And if there's no curriculum, if there's no um, land acknowledgements, if you can't even pronounce the name of your ward, if you're in Edmonton, you have zero business running. It's really simple. So I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, so we've had some things going on with Calgary Police that's been really upsetting. Black Lives Matter has been in front of the courthouse protesting for two weeks. Uh, over two weeks and telling everybody about uh, one of their members continuing to keep their job despite killing. Well, this is an indirect kill, but it's still, they killed her. Um, there was a woman who was in custody and a brutal assault by a police officer and uh, a constable Dunn. And he, you know, I, I couldn't believe he couldn't, he didn't kill her on the spot. It was a really hard video to watch. Um, anyway, traumatized. Uh, a lot of folks who may not know, even hockey players suffer with depression after severe head trauma. And it's common occurrence. Uh, the police do it to their citizens on such a regular. And then of course, you know, your loss of trust in authority, your loss of trust in the police. It's devastating for those of us who have had to experience the ugly side of the Calgary police or policing in general um, as Indigenous people intergenerationally. So anyway, she did commit suicide after trying to hold uh, this officer accountable. Of course, you know, he gets to keep his job. She's lost her life. Community has lost a brilliant, wonderful person and her family has. And um, rightfully so, Black Lives Matter was protesting and uh, yeah, then this, you know, off-duty white woman comes up and uh, bats one of our um, protest, our activists, and uh, they violently arrest the activist as if it was somehow her fault. 
and uh, now they've thrown the book at books at her. She has so many charges against her. So I'm asking you to consider donating to her fund, uh, her legal fund, as uh, now she has to go through this stupid process because that's the way racism in Canada's justice system works. Um, so I ask you to look into that. And interestingly enough, another thing that came out today was an article uh, that actually talked about how Calgary police are purposely targeting the folks around the uh, safe conception site. And even though an Alberta judge says it wasn't entrapment, there was a police officer undercover who bought the tiniest bit of um, drugs off of somebody who was around there and of course arrested them and and all of the rest of it but it's so it's clearly entrapment and uh this this article is brutal at explaining uh the lack of accountability the police have and how it was part of the ucp um strong arming the calgary police and if you don't think that's corrupt then you definitely this is definitely not the podcast for you and how are we supposed to have any type of justice in this freaking country when, you know, this uh, crisis that's happening with overdosing is disproportionately affecting the Indigenous community and the Calgary police and the policing are purposely tar targeting us in uh, Alberta. It is completely socially acceptable for Christian organizations, literally the people who perpetrated the trauma that we are trying to heal from. Uh, to be given all of the funds for any type of um, addiction services, which has zero scientific basis to it at all. Praying is not going to help your freaking addiction. And we need proper funding for medical services. And it's really hard because even the medical services are racist. So yeah, we're disproportionately dying and everybody seems a-okay with it because they're settlers, uh, colonizers who really just want to steal our land and you know, do the whole real estate thing and make lots of money and it's disgusting. So yeah, I have limits on toilet paper, but right now the market is so hot in Calgary. Anybody can just buy as many houses as they can afford and they do. And they're like every third house is empty as a result and it sucks. And this is the reality. Our people are unhoused. We have a huge housing crisis in the entire country and I get to see it firsthand. But it was really interesting. I just seen uh, one of the nonprofits that I was working with. Now they suddenly have this ambassador program where they actually have naloxone kids. This is a huge step, but they certainly weren't supporting me when I was talking about harm reduction when I ran or when um, I was telling them that it was a problem. So if you don't know what a naloxone kit is, this is a naloxone kit. And if you're in Alberta, this is free for anybody to get at any pharmacy. Unfortunately, a lot of the folks who, um, you know, don't know anything about this, even the pharmacists don't necessarily know they're not supposed to ask questions, all of the rest of it. They usually do. So I try to start that relationship with them. Uh, so if you're non-Indigenous, naloxone kits you can get and you can give out to people. If you are Indigenous, I recommend starting a relationship with your pharmacist and um, as a status native person, you can get a Narcan a day and I've been getting them and giving them to uh, whichever organization is willing to take them. So I have uh, Sage uh, Patrol here in Lethbridge 
there's Bear Clan in Calgary, and there's also Be the Change YYC in Calgary. So I, I try to give these away. So if I'm stopped at a stoplight and somebody's asking for change, I'll offer them one of one of these. And you know, if they choose to take one, great. Um, a lot of folks will take this because they need clean needles, and it's really pathetic. We just don't have you know enough clean needles to be giving people anyway. And honestly, a lot of these. Um, pharmacists they're really stigmatized they, they don't even know they're being racist but they do it all the time and it even happened to me when I uh, had to start a new relationship with a new pharmacist and um, thankfully one of the other pharmacists conveniently I knew uh, <laughs> so you know that bigger picture of uh, it does pay to make relationships with different people because you never know and I never thought in a million years we would be having a relationship like this later so anyway I just wanted to throw that out there uh, you can save a life by having that on you and you know if you're from Alberta we always talk about safety we a lot of us have our um, first aid it was really normalized for us to do it through the oil patch but also you know I was a former diver and um, prior to that I just always cared about safety and well I still care about safety but I just recognize now there's safety for white people and there's safety for the rest of us and so uh, the rest of us have to do a lot of extra work in order to you know try to make the um, field a little more equal but it's not and we need settlers to start stepping up and seeing that they play a significant role in making this change uh, for everybody so one spring all of those things up i am i'm still moving back and forth still collecting signatures signs are going up right now i'm hoping everybody's involved in a federal campaign in some capacity across the country in alberta uh, municipal elections you know really happy to see some school trustees finally stepping up that are racialized because you know we have <laughs> dealt with at least two boards that are so white and unwilling to understand the gravity of truth and reconciliation and we are fighting uh you know this provincial government that is so racist and so anti-indigenous and so pro-catholic and uh, it's just it's awful because the rest of us who aren't christian who aren't catholic worse been you know traumatized by the crimes that they've perpetuated um trying to work against this system is so hard and I just implore people, if you are such a strong conservative, really evaluate why. Why are you a strong conservative? Because if you are voting conservative, you are literally voting against indigenous people because they just refuse to acknowledge truth and reconciliation in Indian residential schools. There was a, a group called the uh, Dorchester Review and they just was in Indian residential school denialism completely. And, um, you know, I, I just think that we're now we're at the point we're going to have to literally make laws like they did in Germany that you cannot deny the Holocaust. I think in Canada, we need to make laws that you cannot deny Indian residential school trauma that was created through the apartheid in prisons. And then of course, you know, what the Canadian constitution has the Indian Act embedded on it, in, in it. So this entire country was created with systemic racism. So if you know, if you're in denial of any of this, you know, you really have to start questioning that and please consider who you're voting for. I'm, I'm surprised how many people I'm telling, you know, we've been homeschooling our daughter and part of the reason is this ridiculous curriculum. So 
I'm hoping people will understand it. Anyway, I'm sorry for a short, uh, quick podcast this time, but I have to get going. So I just want to say I'm proud that this podcast has given solutions and included cultural safety training and first aid for all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with disabilities, and LGBTQ2 to speak. Thank you to authors Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fridkin of heretohelp.bc.ca. Uh, what is Indigenous cultural safety and why it should matter? I really appreciate those type of resources because I think it's really important that people understand the gravity of how to help people when they see things like, you know, uh, women of color, uh, Muslims being uh, targeted on the sea train, and that it gives the guidelines. Their work in that actual and their cultural action tools that I've said over 100 times in my podcast support Indigenous work that and let that be a part of your reconciliation and settler understandings. I'm just lucky enough to highlight it and repeat it here. Internalized racism and lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized peoples uh, experience. And whew, I've seen that really strong. Um, there was uh, a Catholic church that had this priest that went on a rant and was an Indian residential school denier and obviously forced to apologize and take a leave of absence. So one of the um, older indigenous women in our, our community, her name is Taz, strong leader. She's done so many different actions. She went in there and, um, you know, went to hear the so-called apology and the people kicked her out violently. And I think what upset me even more is that people weren't talking about church being some kind of sanctuary. I even seen indigenous people and one person in particular broke my heart to see her say it. Calling Taz a troublemaker. <laughs> you know, that's lateral violence, bottom line. Um, as Native people, we all deserve to hear that apology from that church. That church has now, you know, been violent against an Indigenous person, violently threw her and other people out, denied us an opportunity to hear the so-called apology, and never really took responsibility for their actions. They really are teaching hate in this Catholic church and perpetuating it on our people. And like Staples, like the Calgary Catholic Board, like all of the experiences that I've talked about for what, over four years now on this podcast, you're all okay with it. You're all just letting it happen. You're all just good with it. Why are you all good with this? You know, don't ever pretend to me that you care about human rights, just society, I mean, most of you can't even like, you know, share an article. <laughs> Why? Why are we still here? Do something. You have to act. You know, I, it's just unbelievable to me that people are just still there. So anyway, um, I wanted to talk about a little bit of that internalized racism and lateral violence because I don't really give a shit what you think of Taz. I don't. She was speaking for all of us and you're ripping her down. You are a piece of shit for doing that. And honestly, I, I just hope that you really start addressing that internalized racism and sexism 
and especially if you're in a position of power within a fucking party holy shit was that insulting so um another thing that you can look up if you don't know what i'm talking about but you fucking know i'm talking about you uh what is internalized racism by donna bevins really important that if you are racialized if you're a woman who's like oh my god that michelle robinson oh, she's such a bitch i can't believe she says these things that's internalized sexism bitch you need to start dealing with that and you need to start recognizing it you have to start unpacking it because if you're looking at other women going that bitch or if you're looking at other indigenous women and going that bitch you have internalized racism and sexism it's really simple you know i i'll say privately to some people oh i can't really work with that person because they're really toxic to me um and that's okay but i'm not publicly like oh taz is such an awful person blah 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 and so many of you had no problem doing that that is internalized sexism and internalized racism and it has to stop and on top of that like Taz needs an apology. People that were with Taz needs an apology. That church needs to apologize to all of us. It better be a public apology this time where we're all welcome in there. And all of the folks that they've been teaching hate, hate to, they need to have some serious anti-Indigenous bias training because they're all fucking hateful people. And I, I can't believe we're here. Yes, I can. Why can't I? <sighs> so do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee. So again, if you see a Muslim or an indigenous person being targeted, like, so this whole thing that happened with Taz in this Edmonton Catholic church, like this is a great example. All of the people that were in those pews should have been doing the opposite of pushing out an indigenous person and their crew. They should have been welcoming them. And because they weren't, they perpetuated violence against us, but also they obviously are not reading do's and don'ts of what to do for bystander information here. So do that work. Um, so if you experience racism, report it to acttoendracism.ca or text at 587-507-3838. Again, that's just an Alberta thing. So if you, uh, and that is done by a coalition of Asian communities. So uh, I'm on their email, some of it, I can't read it. And I try to do the Google Translate, that helps a lot. Uh, that's another thing, just because they're not your community doesn't mean you can't get their emails and it doesn't mean you can't translate it. So highly recommend it. Uh, Indigenous people have been sharing our issues, staring, uh, sharing our traumas and reports, commissions and public hearings. Just going to be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians in their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus, if they are cutting violence prevention programs, services, if they're cutting Indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, or if they just lack human rights for migrants, immigrants, or folks with disabilities, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice and the national inquiry of missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit. Obviously, the United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People, like that's the foundation to all of this. Um, denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational, 
health and justice institutions with multiple reports that say the same things. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports clubs, and more. A great article that I said out loud is Truth Before Truth, How Non-Indigenous Canadians Become Allies. There's even more um, articles now about how to be a, a good ally to Indigenous people. But of course, it always requires you to act, and a lot of you just are still not doing that. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything we talk about today and watch talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242. 3310. It's toll free, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, you can also text at hopeforwellness.ca. They have a little text box in there on their website. And if more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two spirit, you can call the 844 413 6649. It is a 24 7 crisis line that helps anybody. Uh, for non Indigenous, there are distress center lines in your area, usually even a functioning 211. But if those are not working, 833 456 4566. And if you're a 60 scoop uh, survivor, you can look for the hashtag survivor driven and they have a website at ssisa.ca. Highly recommend them as well. If you're experiencing uh, racism in Alberta, you can report it at, at Act to End Racism or text at 587-507-3838. And then of course, I wanna talk about the uh, Trevor Project for LGBTQ. Um, they have a lot of resources for peer support. And then of course the kids help phone at 1-800-6868 or one, let me try that one more time. can't believe I messed that up. 1-800-668-6868. Even I use that one. Uh, you can also go to lifevoice.ca for crisis supports. And, um, I don't see a lot of two in anything they do. So, you know, two spirit really matters in your LGBTQ2 plus acronym. And in fact, the youth are schooling me and telling me the two spirits should be first. So it should be two LGBTQ plus. <laughs> Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started the podcast to speak freely without interruption, without tone uh, police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions by people who don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, but sure want to tell us their ignorant point of view. Um, I want to also say that another reason why I have this podcast is for representation. I think that having an Indigenous worldview matters, and we just refuse to see it in a, you know, white patriarchy that refuses to acknowledge other people's points of view. And even the editors are still, you know, settler centric. So it's really important that you hear media outside of the settler centric uh, world. Anyway, I uh, really hope that uh, people learn more about Indigenous people, uh, question their anti-Indigenous bias. And I give lots of resources. So, you know, it's out there. Then there are folks that um, not only do they not know about us, but they know nothing about colonialism, the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights, microaggressions, people dealing with internalized racism, which I kind of touched on now, uh, those who are gatekeepers that survive off the status quo, 
and people who are in the trauma, stopping people from doing the work and depleting personal resources. External and internal racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people, and even I struggle with it. So this is why I have a podcast as a boundary to be heard. Um, I also wanted to, uh, these endings I do because sometimes it's the one and only time people will listen. And I wanted to really acknowledge, I don't know why I was on this incredible list of Canadian podcasters, but I was indeed nominated for a award of Indigenous content, obviously, but the other people are so amazing and I hope they win. And um, anyway, this Friday, it will be broad or streamed live Friday evening. So it will be 6 p.m. Mountain time. I don't know if I'm gonna catch it, but I really want to, that's for certain. And, um, you know, we'll watch, we'll see who wins. Cause I, I know I put it out there, I asked y'all to vote. I know maybe that might not have been something y'all could do or understandably vote for a different podcast because there's some really great ones out there. And, uh, and, and I mean, I love listening to different podcasts on harm reduction, policing, all sorts of different issues that are out there. And, you know, some of those folks I look up to the most. So I hope, uh, I, I do wish everybody the best as we go through this. And uh, I'm looking forward to who wins so that next pro uh, podcast I can mention that name and and you know just I want to say thank you to the Canadian podcast awards for even nominating me I feel like I already won so thank you for that I appreciate it um but I also want to say thank you to my ancestors my granny and my mama what strength looks like through your example I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt it's pretty needed in Alberta my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and stepping up and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It was through her, I'm a second generation proud Calgarian uh, and my daughter a third one now. So thank you to my husband Darcy for producing and editing the show. He's also been a long time childhood friend, uh, father of our child and my support down my journey of the red road. He has witnessed decades of racism and sexism and to our child who we are blessed to learn from daily. I'm honored you chose us. Give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of me discussing these issues that are happening. Uh, my Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, I say thank you from the bottom of my heart for any past donations. Uh, to, those, to those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments and questions. And I also have a YouTube channel. You can go subscribe. You can go to Native Calgarian for the latest podcasts and pin posts. And if you can't afford to give, you can also give reviews. I would love to, to see those too. Um, I want to end by giving cyanide to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish. And my beautiful cousin responded, or you'd be in my dish. Thank you for listening.